0: Hey, I'm getting lighter, by the way, uh, and I've got Bill Barr to thank for. They have been my secret weapon this year. I'm trying to lose the last 50 pounds I had to lose several years ago when I had to lose 150 and only lost 100 because I, I just got tired alan iverson levels of tired now i'm trying to lose the last 50 before i turn 50 i've dropped about 30 of them this year built bar has been huge it's not just the protein i'm looking for but also uh the sweet tooth satisfaction satisfaction that i crave so many great flavors had a brownie batter one of my favorites here during the show a little while ago i've got four boxes of my all-time favorite chocolate chip cookie dough chunk at home so many great flavors you cannot beat it built.com is where you want to go Built.com is where you want to go. Promo code BECK, and you'll get 15% off your order for BuiltBar at Built.com. We have one more hour to go, and I'm going to begin it by really annoying Todd. That's coming up here in just a moment. We were just talking to my good friend congressman chip roy last hour what's the gop agenda well he's laid out we think a pretty robust one that we would rally behind but what if they let us down again do we have other options we do and we'll discuss that here in hour three of the glenbeck program stay tuned All right, back here on the Glenn Beck program. We are normally after the Glenn Beck program right here on Blaze TV. I am Steve Dace with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. We are noon to 2 Eastern right after Glenn Beck, each broadcast day here on Blaze TV. And if you like what you've heard so far today and you want to hear more, great week to become a Blaze TV subscriber because that way you also won't miss any of Glenn's uh, exclusive outstanding Wednesday night specials as well. Dace 20, that's my last name, D-E-A-C-E, dace20 is what you want to use to get your 20 percent off blaze tv discount uh, when you go to blaze again that's blaze and use the discount code dace20 we just got through talking to a good friend of mine uh, congressman ship roy of texas laying out an actual vision for Republicans don't just stand there and not be Democrats when people are voting and they're pissed at the at the Dems and just take advantage of it with no plan of what to do affirmatively on your own in fact he laid out a plan for what to do with the budget battle at the very end of this month but what if with a couple of exceptions like the governor of Florida maybe the would-be governor of Arizona Republicans Republican again let us down again do we lack any other options within the conventional political system to peaceably but aggressively push back on the spirit of the age? The answer is no. There is still one other option. Another good friend of mine, Mark Meckler from the Convention of States, he'll be joining us later in this hour to talk about that. But first, I have to annoy Todd. There's so many different ways this could go down. There is, there is many ways this could go down. But 110 days from
1: today, Todd... Yeah, I'm annoyed. Because <laughs> you know what already what I'm going to say? Like I said, there's so many ways, and I know this way. Because <laughs> we go this way a lot. Yes. Usually about this time of year, right? Kids go back to
0: school, football season kicks off, and a middle-aged man's fancies turn to Christmas. Because... As you like to say, I have the palate of a 12-year-old. I have the sense of humor of one, too. Uh, and I am a year-round Christmas slappy. We, we didn't even take down all of our Christmas decorations from last year. We just love the way the house looks so much. 110 days from today, it is Christmas time. Are and he's you And not kidding,
1: America. No, he, I'm he, not kidding. They
0: left them up. No, we, we left them up. I'm, I'm not kidding. No, I mean, I, I'm, I, I take very few things seriously. Christmas is one of them. I am an absolute Christmas slappy. So, in order to indoctrinate the rest of you into my Christmas sla- slappiness, I thought we'd give you a little pre a preview of some of the great sounds of the season.
2: Nothing brings back warm Christmas memories like the songs and carols you love. And only pericarditis and his MRNAs have all your favorite holiday songs in one non-random controlled study. It's
0: beginning to look a lot like a Vax Pass to get into anywhere you go. From inspiring hymns like... Oh, holy spike... The protein bloodstream trembling Because they lied And it don't stay in your arm Oh, little town of Wuhan We can't believe you lied You're run by creeps Who should be put to sleep those bats, they don't live nearby.
2: To traditional Christmas classics such as
0: the 12th decade of lockdowns my true lords gave to me absolutely freaking nothing. I've been home since Christmas. Hmm. You can Zoom with me said your kidneys to the people far and near
2: do you fear fear? then there's those funny novelty songs to
0: lighten the mood grandma got run over by a cromo he left her to die in an infected nursing home i really can't stay baby it's COVID stand, I really must go And baby, it's COVID stand. I saw mommy masking Santa Claus Because the CDC said so last night Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell palsy If you dare get that
2: booster, then you sure are ballsy And of course, we remember the reason for the season
0: Ouchie, did you know? that your virus would someday wreck the world Fauci did you know that your science doesn't know what's a boy or a girl it came upon Anthony Fauci a sulfuric presence of old from demons deep within the earth who knew that his soul was sold
2: But that's not all. This collection has so much more to offer, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Redfield, All I Want for Christmas is My Fifth Vaccine, Deck Rochelle with Facts and Data, Whitmer Wonderland, Little Jabber Boy, Have Yourself a Little Waning Efficacy, Happy Christmas, This is Never Over, and more. All this can be yours for a high, high price we can't name yet because inflation, but don't let that stop you from this once-in-a-lifetime collection. Call now at 1-900-666-VAX to order. Only if while supply chains last, must be double masked when you call. Again, that's one 666 The AXX.
0: Now, doesn't that put you in the
1: spirit, for Erzin? It actually does Don't give me your bah humbug. No, you've
0: got to right now be
1: just whistling a little silver bells right now. Yes, but not for the reasons you think. First of all, I love the fact that like you, we're we're off air. You you already talked on the show about your book coming out with Daniel Horowitz. You've got a movie coming out in less than a year. And off air while we're watching this, you're talking, this is my magnum opus. This is the (laughs) finest work I've ever done right here. And you could have, and how you leaned into this thing, you have a daughter who has a, a training in theater. You could have yeah. called in here to She's sing She's literally it. an award-winning singer, my You're daughter. You're like, no, I yes. got this. Yes. It's Usually all the things I hear, uh, we've said in anger on, that's the other, th- it's, you say all the things we've said so many times with rage in our voice, and it's got that just Dacian off-key joy in it. It It, it is truly the magic of Christmas that lifted that entire enterprise up.
0: Going back and listening to that, and I mean, I've not listened to it since last Christmas. Right. It just now is the first time I've heard that since Last December. Holy cow. It's, I mean, we were, we were parodying stuff back then when, when Aaron and I put that together, you know, around Thanksgiving of last year, but pretty much everything that's in there, it's, it's not even parody now, right? I mean, it was, it was still considered revolutionary to say in December of last year that the spike protein doesn't stay in your arm. Now. Now we know it, you know, it, it goes into your testes, goes into your ovaries. Everybody, the stuff that we submitted as parody a year ago, that's in that uh, incredible production that Aaron put together from last Christmas. That's news now. Everything in there is news now. Think about that. Yeah. Like this is, isn't, isn't this what the, the writers of Black Mirror said that they didn't do us another season of the show because they couldn't? figure out how to come up with stuff that was actually crazier or worse yeah. than what was really happening right now.
1: Well, that's, you are onto something way larger than perhaps you thought at the time. When Steve Carell said we couldn't do the office today yeah, because the, our ability— to communicate as a people to one another and mm-hmm. tell the stories that need to be told mm-hmm. is getting increasingly very very difficult. So this is th- this is a way of being uh, subversive. This is almost like Thomas More stuff. I need to criticize the king. Nice analogy. How do I do it? Yeah. So I I I I, I write farce. So, you know, yeah. I write, I write C- Utopia yes. as a parody, as a satire. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's a great analogy. So there there is one last line of defense here. It should the Republicans prove how many times in a row to not be it, okay? Uh, Should they do what they typically do in all too many cases with few exceptions when we give them power, turn on us instead of them, right? There is one more line of defense here. We will talk about that here in a moment on the Glenn Beck Program. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Program, and I have, after being initially skeptical out of fear of the whole idea of a runaway convention because i'm a total depravity kind of guy and i have zero trust for human nature whatsoever i have an extremely high view of human worth and dignity because we are the imago day. we are the only beings in all of the universe made in the image and likeness of our creator but because we are also fallen i have the exact opposite level of regard for human nature so i can be very distrusting of people beginning with myself all right so i was initially skeptical and then we got closer and closer to the end of the ball game here we are at least at a two-minute warning as a civilization we are at least there at least there if we're if we are not living through romans one kind of stuff We have an increasingly growing segment of our society that is trying to push us to that brink at the very least. So we are at least at the two minute warning part of the football game when you realize, you know, some of the traditional, more conventional methods of winning here may not be as open to us. We might need to use some things that are within the rules. They're in the rules, but they're a little bit more radical a little bit more risky because nothing's riskier than having the game go final and we're the losing team. And then it doesn't get replayed. That's what the word final means. It means it's over. Right. And so after initially being skeptical of a convention of states, I've now become a full throated advocate of it. I've spoken on behalf of it. Uh, Whether it's here in my state where I live now, Iowa, my original home state of Michigan, written about it extensively, become good friends with one of the people, one of the architects of it that joins us now, Mark Meckler from the Convention of States. It's good to have you with us, brother. How are you?
3: It's good to be here and good to see you wearing a Wolverine shirt. I got to say it was a good weekend.
0: It was a very good weekend. So yes, go blue. Uh, I know we are on my old hometown station that I grew up listening to Michigan football on when I was a kid. Wood AM in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I listened to that growing up. So I wanted to give those folks a shout out over there, of course. But let's get to a football game of a little bit more serious import, at least when we look at it as an analogy. The desecration of Independence Hall last Thursday, that's what I'm calling it. I mean, it really was a desecration. That wasn't a speech. I I can't think of a moment in, in, in American history where a national political leader spoke about a large segment of our own people the way that he did. Um, and I thought it was a cynical attempt to bait our people into acting out worse than whatever they were entrapped into on January the 6th. But I also think that they nihilistically mean this, Mark. I mean, they, they have pursued policies as if they think this way about large segments of the people, and it's not just campaign rhetoric. So with that in mind, I think Whatever hour of the that you thought we were in before last Thursday, the clock at least went at least a minute or two later, didn't it?
3: It absolutely did. I mean, what you saw in bold relief in colors in graphic representation is the new Democratic fascist party, the NDFP. That's what the Democrats have become today. Joe Biden used all the symbology of a fascist rising government. Uh, He used fascist language. He vilified his opponents in a way that essentially potentially leads to genocide. I mean, what he's doing is dehumanizing the opposition, uh, saying that the opposition must be silenced, pushed from the political square. Important to remember Mussolini's definition of fascism. The inventor of fascism said it's everything inside the state, nothing outside the state, and importantly, nothing against the state. Mm -hmm. That's the definition of today's new Democrat fascist party.
0: He also said over the weekend that he's been fighting Big Pharma his entire career. He beat them this year. Mark, it was almost exactly a year ago that he announced the the worst executive order, in my opinion, in all of American history. Literally stuff out of like left behind books. You couldn't win or you couldn't work unless you took a jab which his own CDC director had admitted a full month prior won't stop you from even getting or transmitting the virus but you have to get this jab anyway and now we are seeing all the, the, the risk profiles, the VARS database surging in reports what we're seeing with data all over the world the study in Thailand a month ago 18% of teenage boys had abnormal EKGs after getting a full do- dose of Pfizer the Israeli data, the UK data our own data, the study from the British Medical Journal, the risk profile and everything else he was willing to risk the infertility rates of many Americans the nervous systems of many Americans the cardiovascular systems of many Americans the hearts of many Americans the long term healths of our children in order for you to work if that's not a violation of every last morsel of the constitution and social compact at this point i don't know what is and i and i just think it when 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 they say what they really mean, and then act on it, we should probably listen to them, Mark.
3: Yeah, I think that's correct. And again, I'm going to point back to fascism. This is totalitarian fascist control. It always starts this way, by the way. They, they never say, hey, we're going to do something really evil. They say, we're going to do something that's really good for you. It's really good for society. Jonah Goldberg wrote a great book about this. I'm not a huge Goldberg fan anymore. But yeah, Does he, he read his book- books oh. anymore?
0: That's, another, that's a topic for another day. Does Jonah Goldberg <laughs> still read the books he once wrote? Do you know the answer to that? You know what? No one yeah. knows the answer to that. So continue on with what you were saying. Go ahead.
3: Uh, Likely no, but liberal fascism is the best examination of the history of fascism in the world. And it says it always starts with liberals. They always say that they've got some great utopian scheme that they want everybody to adopt. And when you won't adopt it, ultimately, they're going to force you to do it. And if that doesn't work, what they're going to do is throw you in prison and ultimately kill you. That's where I see this government headed. They're going to throw their opponents in prison. We're already seeing them do this. They're doing raids on innocent people. They're calling parents domestic terrorists. The FBI is targeting people, 87,000 new IRS agents to target people like you and me, specifically because we don't agree with what they're doing.
0: Which brings us to this election. And I I think it's at least 85% the Republicans are going to win the house. And we had a conversation with one of my best buddies Chip Roy about that last hour and yep. what's their agenda and what will they do and you can just hear in Chip's voice he's fighting his own caucus to get them to do anything with it, okay? It's about 65% I would say right now that I think they'll win the Senate. But as long as we've got old ditch over there running things, he'll just keep driving us into one, right? You know, um, yep. and, and so a lot of our people, especially as we're getting baited into this hopelessness and you're terrible and we're going to round you up and you're not a citizen and you shouldn't have a job, you shouldn't have a vote, we can steal your elections, we can do whatever we want to you. This hopelessness, this baiting, we're being baited here into a certain outcome that uh, the spirit of the age would love to see uh, essentially create unfathomable devastation of of our way of life and really of the last bastion of liberty in the world. And I know a lot of our people, Mark, are increasingly feeling hopeless that my vote won't even be counted. Even if I go vote for these fake Republicans, my vote won't even count. And then if it does count, they'll win and not do anything. That, that hopelessness will not just remain um, playing within the system forever. So is there another option? And the answer to that question is yes. We'll get into that here with Mark Meckler from Convention of States in just a moment. So I believe that a convention of states might be the last opportunity we have within our constitutional framework to save our constitutional republic. And I think the spirit of the age is showing that maybe it agrees because it is beginning to attack the convention of states movement after ignoring it for many years. Uh, The guy who runs the convention of states uh, for us uh, is Mark Meckler. He's our guest here on the Glenn Beck program. So explain to our audience um, who, of course, are going to be very familiar with this process. But just in case. One more time, how does this work? It's right out of the Constitution. I mean, this isn't some cockamamie, you know, harebrained scheme. It's it's right out of the Constitution, Mark. And, and why is it that if you guys are really a false flag operation and are going to make it even easier for the spirit of the age to finish us off, why are you guys getting attacked so mercilessly by them at the moment then?
3: Yeah, so let's start with just sort of the how it works, the basics. Article 5 of the Constitution contains two ways to amend the Constitution. The first is the way we've always done 27 amendments when two-thirds of either or sorry both houses of congress call for an amendment they can then put that amendment out to the states for ratification by three quarters of the states the alternative method if the federal government becomes unresponsive which clearly it is right now is when two-thirds of the states request to gather in convention they can then debate and propose amendments in other words make suggestions to the states and those suggestions go out the same way as they did from Congress to three quarters of the states for ratification. So what we're doing right now is putting out a resolution. 19 of the requisite 34 states have passed that resolution already. So we're way more than halfway. And it calls for discussing fiscal restraints on the federal government, like a balanced budget amendment, tax caps, spending caps, et cetera. Anything that would impose term limits on Congress, members of Congress, but also importantly, the deep state, federal officials, bureaucrats, staffers. And then finally, and I think most importantly, anything that would impose scope and jurisdiction limits on the federal government, like saying, no, you can't be involved in education or energy or in your sweet spot, our sweet spot, you can't be involved in healthcare, get out of our business. So these are things we can do. And then you're right, we do have opposition. And even by what I would now call tools or, or willing conspirators on the right, who say this is going to be a runaway convention and we're going to lose our constitution those are absurd arguments and by the way if you listen to the recent book put out by senator Russ feingold the socialist from wisconsin who's defeated by ron johnson he says this is a serious effort and it's the thing that liberals should most fear that book came out this in the last week it's been covered extensively in the new york times favorably the on abc favorably and pretty much everywhere else the left is going crazy against convention states right now because they know, as you say, this is our chance to pull the ripcord and stop leftist overreach and restore the Constitution.
0: I've made the analogy in the past when I've spoken for you guys of uh, comparing the the Article Five convention to a hail mary pass. That. It is something that you, do, you don't do cavalierly. You don't uh, make this choice if you're down in a football game, you know, with most of the quarter to go, or even with, say, five minutes to go, because it is it is not necessarily the most high percentage play out there. It can be intercepted. To act as if that can't happen, I don't think is, is, is you know, is being honest, intellectually honest. But when you're sitting it towards the end of a game, and the game will go final, and if it goes final and you're behind on the school board, that means you lost final. That game will not be played again. It will not be replayed. You lost the game. To just sit there and continue to act as if you can Hank Stram this thing and matriculate the ball down the field in the final seconds of the game is not realistic. And that's when you throw that pass. If you're worried about losing our Constitution, tell me exactly what part of it we have retained right this minute. It's a dead letter to at least half of this country right now. Uh, and a lot of the people that we are going to elect to defend it have really no interest in defending it, uh, or at least they lack the the testicular fortitude to do so. We are we don't know what a border is. We don't know what a boy or girl is. We're doing meatball surgery on our children. Should I go on? If this is not the last few minutes of the game, I, I don't even want to contemplate then what the last few minutes of the game look like, Mark. This is, in my view, the time now that you go for the big play to try to win the game before it goes final.
3: Yeah, and to carry on your analogy, and I think this is important, what we have in Congress right now are, at best, third-string quarterbacks, bench warmers, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. These are the guys that are going to lead the charge to restore our constitutional republic. If you're putting your hope in them, then I think you're putting your hope nowhere, and it's likely to be trampled underfoot. I put my hope in the American people more broadly speaking. You speak to a lot of great patriots every day all across the country, converse with them, dialogue with them. I do the same. I've been in 48 states in the last few years. I know the grit that is still out there in the heartland of America, and I believe that we can restore the republic by using the tool the founders gave us for just this moment.
0: Ask yourself a strategic question. What is more likely to be the effective long-term play? A, we vote these republicans over and over again and try to take some of the names you just mentioned out in these primaries where they we get out spent all the time uh, 70 yeah. to 1 okay that, that that's one, that's the that's one option the other option is we call an Article 5 Convention of States and we prove Samuel Adams was right, that it's always been a committed minority that enacts the most social change. And we just out-organize and out-galvanize at a grassroots level to make sure our people are at that convention and get the job done. What? Where? Those are your two options. Short of, let's go back to Gettysburg or Antietam, which I believe absolutely the bowels of hell is trying to provoke us to. And do not forget, more Americans died in Antietam than any other singular event in American history. Okay, And the Civil War was so successful that the political battles that led to it and then came from the end of it, we are still largely discussing and talking about here today, 150 years later. All right? So... Those are really your two options on the table within the current political schema that we have right now. Which of those two do you believe is most likely to be successful? Yeah,
3: I mean, from my perspective, I agree with you. we're at a fork in the road right now in American history, and the country's going to come apart one way or another. So one way is the way you described it's Antietam, it's the violence. And I think for people who say we should do that, they don't understand what war actually looks like. If they want to know, they should talk to a veteran who's actually been in combat, Or they should just look at footage from Ukraine right now if they want to see what a real war in a real modern country looks like. It's hideous and there's nothing good that's going to come out of that. And like you said, it doesn't really resolve anything. We're still fighting those fights today. And so our options are that or go back to federalism. And the only road back to federalism is to call a convention of states. That's why the founders put this in there. And look, you know, Steve, I, I know you talk a little bit about the potential risk. I just want to say about the risk. It takes 38 states to ratify anything that comes out of convention. Mm-hmm. And I'll challenge people. If you think you're, you're worried about an amendment that can come out of convention and be ratified by 38 states, tell me what those 38 states are because, and what the amendment is, because I've never had anybody able to do that in over nine years of promoting this cause.
0: Where are you at right now in terms of building a critical mass? So we're at 19 states.
3: We have over 5 million people involved. And really, I think if you wanna know where we're at as far as building critical mass, look at what the left says. Our opponents on the right, the fringe on the right say to us, that we work for Soros, we're leftists, we're globalists, but Russ Feingold, a former U.S. Senator, just put out a book on this. The New York Times is talking negatively against us, ABC, MSNBC. We had a hit piece recently from Business Insider, a leftist business publication Uh, that was run all over the internet, including on Vice, and AP did a hit piece against us. The left knows that we're getting close to convention. There are 31 states with both legislatures controlled by Republicans. 34 you get to convention so we're very very close
0: people want to learn more about this mark where can they go
3: Go to conventionofstates.com because it's important. Look, Steve, you you work every day to educate people. Then the question becomes, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And the answer is get involved. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign up today and get involved in the fight.
0: If you guys are getting funded by Soros, brother, I'm charging a lot more for my (laughs) next Convention of States speaking engagement. All right.
3: (laughs) Well, we're looking forward to having you. It's going to be good, Steve.
0: All right. One more time, give out the website for people to learn more or to sign up if they want to.
3: Yep. Conventionofstates.com. Click on the Take Action tab. Volunteer today. Conventionofstates.com. All
0: right. Good to see you, brother. Take care. Thanks, Steve. You bet. I think one thing we need to consider here is that we are wrestling against principalities and not mere flesh and blood. And that the, the same people that are espousing the doctrines of demons quite literally actually are hated by those exact same malevolent forces just the same they they're for their destruction too and this is what you always see when these forces gain sway in a culture is when they take out the righteous they then turn on their own enablers and collaborators we see this historically as well And then I think we also have to recognize that the same Lord many of us are trying to serve by standing in the gap in this culture speaking truth to power speaking truth in a truthless age Just as he died for us when we were his enemies he died for them while they still are too And I think this is an this is a very important perspective to maintain So we don't become like that which we oppose. And so that we understand what it is that led to the founding of this country we're trying to save and preserve in the first place. That we're in an era now that we're not just patriots now. Many of the foundations we're trying to conserve have been destroyed. What can the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? And that a lot of times... It requires becoming a pilgrim. How did the church survive for 2,000 years against all forms of oppression, tyranny, persecution, without a Republican Party, without a U.S. Constitution? How did it survive? It understood what it meant to be a pilgrim. And I think that is something that we need to understand and recover ourselves in the era in which we live today. I'll come back in a moment and wrap things up by talking more about that here on the Glenn Beck Program. Stay tuned.
3: The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit BlazeTV.com today and never miss a moment of truth.
0: Final furlong here on a Tuesday after Labor Day. It's been our honor here on the Steve Day Show to fill in for Glenn Beck here today on the Glenn Beck Program. That's myself, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre. And we were just talking about how we need to also rediscover what it means to be a pilgrim, what it means to be a stranger in a strange land, to, to, to rebuild something, to reform something, to start something new, to restore something that had been lost. Uh, After the success of uh, Todd and I's number one book last year, Fauci and Bargain, uh, our publisher uh, came to me uh, and shortly after Rush passed away and said, hey, we think there's a huge hole in the market for conservative children's books. Would you consider starting a series? And after thinking about it, I said, only if it can be about America's Christian heritage. If it can be about that, I'll do it. If not, other people could do it better than me. They said, all right, let's go for it. So we are gonna launch our very first one coming up in November and it's titled why Thanksgiving the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America because they loved God this comes out in November you can get to, pre-sales are available today over at Amazon.com for a release in November why Thanksgiving and it goes into the story of the pilgrims the, the the amount of providence that had to be orchestrated from above for them to even get here for them to find a native who happened to just know the land, this entire continent, they just landed, happened to land in a place where they found a native who had been saved from slavery by Christian missionaries in another part of the world and knew the language. What are the odds of that? Not very good, unless Providence is involved. And that really is American history. It is his story. That's not white nationalism. That's American history. We use terms like Puritan nowadays to denigrate one another. Without these Puritans that got on that rickety boat called the Mayflower, none of us would be here today to enjoy things like a long Labor Day weekend. We need to recover our history. We need to understand why Thanksgiving occurred, why it was the first holiday celebration in American history so that we truly understand American history. So if you want to get a copy of it, it's available now. Why Thanksgiving? The Pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. It's available today for pre-sales at Amazon. The book will release coming up here in November. Todd and Aaron, thanks for getting up early and doing this, man. We had fun. Always, that. We're back at it. Our normal show tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Days 20. If you want to subscribe for a 20% discount, catch us tomorrow. Subscribe to our podcast as well. John 317.